Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Booth Podcast. It's not the NFL show. It's not the NHL show. We're back with the local sports show. It's been a minute, but we're here. As always, I'm Reese Shonsby, joined by Davey O'Doyle. How are we doing today, Dave? I had a headache all day, but that's okay because it's. I took some Advil before we are on here. And I'm kind of feeling it kicking in. So, I mean, no more headaches. Time to talk CFL. There we go. We will be talking CFL today. But before that, let's go through some local sports news. Earlier last week, we will kick this off with the NLL, with the Saskatchewan Rush. The Rush traded the 23rd overall pick in the 2022 NLL draft for goaltender Eric Penny from the Philadelphia Wings, I believe. Had his debut on Saturday night versus the Colorado Mammoth. Recording 37 saves on 46 shots against in the 10-9 overtime win versus the Mammoth for your Saskatchewan rush. I think a lot of the feeling with the rush fans right now is maybe they've actually found a goaltender. Adam Shute, who's been starting the season, was kind of hot and cold. But Penny, with a great performance on Saturday and his debut with the team, might might be the answer for the team. How are they doing in the standings there? Well, I'll tell you, it's not great. Currently halfway through the season, nine games down, nine games to go. The Rush sit at two and four in fifth place. I guess that's not nine games, is it? That's six My, games. I just looked it up to three and six. Why did – what – the hell nll.com figure your shit out yeah it says they're three and six three like and second six. last in their side or whatever yeah so, i mean like you i've oh you always hear about the rush because it became so hot yeah and i mean they, they must be having a down year because i haven't heard very much about from yeah them. it's it's really an uncharacteristic year for the rush because ever since they came to saskatchewan it's been win after win after win yeah. in the championship every year yeah. and now you're three and six and it's it's a bit rocky but from what it sounds like with the within the team and within the organization is they're in the mindset that it's you have to win every game you have to win out right now because you're in fifth place you only got three wins under your belt so time to start winning now and they started off with a bang on saturday night with the overtime win versus the mammoth I mean, yeah, there's it's, there's examples all over in sports where mid-season teams turn it around and there's big trades that help launch your team forward. So maybe uh, maybe this new goaltender is just what the rush we're looking for for that. Might be, definitely might be. We will keep an eye on that. And we will hopefully talk a little more NLL and a little more rush in the coming weeks. We might bring in a guest or two to do that with. Moving on, we are getting ready for the Tim Hortons Briar coming up on March 4th. That is next, this week. Is that this week? Holy shit, the Briar's this week. Yeah, that's this weekend. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay, we are yeah. getting ready for it. I thought we were maybe a week out or something. But <laughs> we're no, we are ready. We're, we're, we're literally waiting for it to hit us. We are locked and loaded for the Tim Hortons Briar here. Two Saskatchewan teams in it, just like it was with the Scotties, lots of strong Saskatchewan teams right now. 
you have Team Saskatchewan in Col- skipped by Colton Flash uh, out of Saskatoon. And then wild card two is Matt Dunstone out of the Highland Curling Club in Regina. Dunstone, huh? Yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard that he was the, a wild card this year because he's been Team Sask for the last like three years or yeah. four years. Yeah. Right? Um, just. Looked like it was going to be Dunstone again, as per usual, yeah. but lost in the final in the Saskatchewan playdowns to Colton Flash. Which, it, if you're a Saskatchewan fan, you don't mind because I don't think Colton Flash was high enough in the the Canadian rankings to be awarded a wild card spot. Yeah. So by Flash winning, Dunstone's team has a high enough ranking there to be wild card too. And now you get two Saskatchewan teams. Yeah. It's, it's good too. Cause there's like obvious, obviously double the chances, but if this team is good enough to beat Dunstone, Dunstone in the last couple has been a perennial, like bronze yeah. medalist, like a third place one. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, if that team's that level already, there's a better shot. At least we could see a team Saskatchewan or a Saskatchewan represented team in the, in the final there. Right. That would be very, very exciting. And speaking of medals, there are a couple Olympians bringing home medals to Saskatchewan. Ben Cokewell and Emily Clark both bringing home medals. Uh, Cokewell with bronze in the four-man bobsled and Clark with gold in women's hockey. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you for representing our province so well. Is it just me or was this Winter Olympics? Like, and this could totally just be me because I didn't watch very much of it. Just like the least publicized Winter Olympics like ever. Like I just didn't see anything about it hardly. I think a lot of people were trying to downplay it a bit. They didn't want to give the stage to China. Right. Because that was the whole ordeal going in is everybody wanted it moved out of China because of the communist government in in China and it's just not a free country right now and people didn't want to promote that on on the Olympic stage so it was a little down I think for publicity but and I think it was that weird one where it was off by a couple years too right if I remember right because this isn't supposed to be a winter year but you have to make up for it right this was supposed to be a winter year but we also had a summer this year oh right because back in back a couple months ago there was the 2020 was in 2021. Right. Yeah. yeah. That might contribute too, right? Like you just watched the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wow. You don't get that two-year gap. You just get the couple months and it's back in, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really just like, hey, nothing, take away, nothing away. It's still the Olympic Games, but just a very, very strange circumstance for the 2022 Olympics. Yeah. And I think uh, something that happened there too was you saw – Canada's main sports when it comes to winter Olympics are hockey and curling. Right. And the men's hockey team lost out in the quarterfinals. Without the NHL, right? Yeah. Without the NHL. So it's, it's just kind of a a bunch of guys. Whereas the women, when you had the best of the best in women's hockey, Canada gets gold. Yeah. It's definitely one of those things too, where it's tough when it's in a, the time zone's so different. Like you have to be, Oh yeah. it's uh, while everybody's asleep is when all these things are going on. Right. Yeah. Definitely changes the vibe from when 
you can sit down at six o'clock after work and watch an important metal event, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the curling, you had the women in skip by Jennifer Jones, right? Didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. And Brad Gushu comes away with bronze, which when your team when your team Canada, it's it's disappointing to get bronze in curling. I mean, realistically, that's great. It's great. But but you know what I mean? Like you're the you're the home of curling. Like yeah. bronze seems like a letdown, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. still a great effort by Team Gushu and all right. of Canada's yeah. athletes at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics. I'll be interested to see how Gushu does now in the briar when it comes up here. Yeah, it because, sounds I mean, he's curled a lot more in a lot different circumstances, a lot more like I guess stress yeah. and stuff in his team than a lot of these guys have in a while, right? Exactly. Be interested to see if he's better or if he's exhausted or if it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah, right? it's also interesting to see uh Gusha will be a wild card, yeah, not team Newfoundland because right. they were at the Olympics, they weren't a lot they weren't able to play in the Newfoundland <laughs> playdowns, so they will be a wild card team. That'll be in. that's an interesting one. Like, I don't I've, I don't remember ever seeing it, but like, there's a real chance that could be Dunstone and Gushu wild card, wild card, right? That would be because they're that, good enough. That Both would be fun. Good enough. Yeah. Then moving on to the disappointing season ends for the U of S Huskies and the U of R Cougars in Canada West men's hockey playoffs. Both teams drop in their respective series the huskies lost in the in game three of the best of three series versus the university of calgary dinos and regina drops two in a row to mount royal in their playoff effort it'll be interesting to see uh there's a lot of hype around u of s this year with mike babcock coming into coach i assume that that'll be it for mike babcock at the u of s uh, he kind of made it very clear when he came in that he was kind of an interim guy and would train up the coaching staff that was there so that he could step away after a year. So we'll see. I guess, I mean, not that I watched, but thanks for the memories, Mike Babcock. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the U of S memories. I, I, I honestly didn't watch a game. <laughs> like so I, but, I just saw a girl I follow on Instagram, her boyfriend plays on the team. So she got a picture with Mike Babcock. And I was hey, like, that's right, pretty cool. That's, that's the, like, that's the sum total of my thanks for the memories. <laughs> thanks for the memories, Mike Babcock. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the main event. It has been a wild ride the past few weeks in the CFL. We had free agency opening uh, just a few short weeks ago with, what was it, 350 free agents? Among the yeah, nine teams, unbelievable so, like that, yeah, crazy, and it was wild. It was a wild day. I was sitting at work on my computer, just tweeting all day long because it was constant. And we will yeah. go through each team here and talk about their biggest pickups in free agency, starting out east with the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, they did have some losses to their defense. Uh, DB Money Hunter and linebacker Patrick Levels both moving on. So filling those spots was important. Uh, they do bring in 
defensive end Avery Ellis and DB Mike Jones, which are, are good, good key defensive pieces that they can add to that squad. Yes, yeah, so it seems like they were as well, like another team we'll talk about in the West, pretty quiet, right? Compared to most of these teams, like really the status quo in Montreal hasn't really changed much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they really liked what they had there. You know what I mean? Maybe Kari was really down with, down with his guys, but yeah, very, very quiet, which is, I mean, kind of strange for a third place team of four teams in that division to be that quiet, but like I said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know the deals that guys were asking for, right? Like maybe, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they like their cap, right? Yeah. And I mean, the biggest story coming out of there was the whole Trevor Harris ordeal. Yeah. Where before free agency, they cut him to let him go find uh, a job elsewhere when they re-signed Vernon Adams to an extension. Then a few short weeks later, they re-signed Trevor Harris. Um Vernon Adams is not too happy about that. Uh, Deleted his social media accounts. And I don't know, he it's, it felt really like he was upset with the organization for making that signing. And since then the organization has come out and said, Vernon is our starter. So I think they've tried to quiet down all that and try to get back in Vernon Adams. Good books. It's weird that like, I mean, you see guys make jumps all the time, but not, you don't see very many guys in year like six breakout. You know what I mean? Like, I think if you were to ask me, which nobody is, but hey, I'm talking about it. Vernon Adams is what he is. I don't know why they're going back to him being the starter. You know what I mean? Like, I respect what Hamilton did when they're like, we know what Mazzoli is, good or bad, and he's an injury guy. Let's go with Dane Evans because we like what that prospect looks like more, right? Whereas Montreal did the exact opposite. They got cold feet on what they did and then just went back to them. Like if it works out great, but you don't see guys in year six, make a huge jump usually. Right. Exactly. Um, lastly with Montreal, uh, an extension for Armando Sewell through 2023. So that's a good, good resigning there. Um, and that was about it for them. It was a quiet day for Montreal as well. Yeah. Moving on to a team that had probably the loudest day, and that was the Ottawa Red Blacks. New GM Sean Burke was busy. Um, the biggest news for them came before free agency actually opened, and it was that they had agreed to terms with Jeremiah Masoli to bring him in as their new quarterback. Um, like I said, we don't Masoli is, but we, we but we've seen this more than once a fresh start for a guy who has been really good in the past. And this Ottawa team was abysmal last year and it needed a quarterback. So this is the, this was as good as you're going to get. Right. So, I mean, we'll see, see how it goes, but I'm sure you're about to list off. He got a ton of help that's come in all of a sudden for Ottawa here. Oh yeah. Um, in the run game, uh, William Powell makes his return to Ottawa. Sad to see him go. Um, but I don't mind him in Ottawa. I always liked watching him in Ottawa. It's one of the better teams he could go to where I'm not going to hate him. If he would have gone to Winnipeg or, or Calgary or one of those teams, that would have been way harder than uh, Powell's return to Ottawa. Yeah. That was one of those things where I, um, I put it in one of our, our group chats too. Like 
it makes me sad to see Powell go because I know what kind of back he is, but I'm almost glad to see that he might get the chance to actually carry the rock before his time's done because he really wasn't getting the carries that a guy hit that good deserved in Saskatchewan just with the way that McAdoo and then now Moss run those offenses, right? Yeah. And then the receiving core that is brand new and looks amazing in Ottawa. You bring in Shaq Johnson, Darvin Adams, BJ Cunningham, and Jalen Acklin. Wow. I couldn't believe that Winnipeg had this absolute frenzy of signing guys and they just let Darvin Adams walk. Right. Like I said, maybe he wanted too much money. Like maybe he was ridiculous with it. So I don't know that for sure. But like that was the one I was like, really? You guys are going to sign, re-sign 98% of your team, but then be like, no, not Darvin Adams though. But like, that's a huge pickup for Ottawa. That's a huge pickup for Mazzoli to have somebody that you know is a threat all over the field. Like, and then let's, those other guys too. Cunningham is so solid. Jalen Acklin showed in Hamilton this year what kind of receiver he is. Like, that's a dangerous receiving core now. For sure. Um, Went from uh, a weak, weak offense last year to probably one of the strongest receiving cores in the league and probably one of the most well-rounded offenses in the league. Absolutely. Um, On the defensive side, the two guys I mentioned earlier, Patrick Levels and Money Hunter, both head to Ottawa from Montreal. I, I, I've really liked Patrick Levels from the first time I saw him, right? That guy is, as far as Canadian linebackers go, that's the exact kind of guy you need playing on an outside linebacker spot in, in the Canadian football, right? With the field, with the coverage aspect. But the guy sniffs out stuff. He's a good hitter, really confident in himself. Like, that's a good pickup for any team. And that's going to bump Ottawa big to go with um, – Oh, what's his name? Avery, what's his last name? But he led the league in tackles. Their oh, middle yeah. linebacker. Um, is I'd it like Avery him. Williams or is it Avery Williamson? What is it? I can't remember what his name is. But I think you're right in Avery Williams, yeah. Avery Williams, yeah. They yeah. go with a tackling machine like that to have a guy who's a little bit more of a playmaker like uh, Patrick Levels, that's going to be good for that linebacker core. Definitely. And Money Hunter was solid this year yeah. um, getting his – uh, all-star nomination so both yep. great pickups there for their defense Absolutely. a lot of people have been saying it and i'll agree this ottawa team is probably the best team in the east on paper on paper absolutely on paper but we all know on paper is a way different thing than on the field right last year toronto was the best team on paper and then they were great and they won the east by the season's end, but they didn't make the great cup, right? So it's different. It's a different story. Yeah, definitely. Moving a little more west, we head over to Toronto. Um, I mean, you got to mention it. They're the winners. They're the winners of the Andrew Harris sweepstakes. Um, <laughs> they dished out the cash and they got the best running back in the league. So congrats, Toronto, and thanks for taking them out of the west. Yeah, for real. That's what I love too. Good riddance. Get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, a lot of their um, signings were in-house. Uh, a lot of pending free agents signing with the team again, including uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, their quarterback, Darius Vladek, Juwan Breskison, uh, and Enoch Mwamba all yeah. coming back to the team. 
going back I mean, to Andrew Harris for a second, this gives them almost a guaranteed thousand yard rusher when you bring in Andrew Harris. This get, gives you just a completely different run game from what they had last year, where it was kind of a, a mix of backs that can now go back to a, a one back system, which is always good to see in the CFO. It almost makes me wonder though, and this is a little bit of wishful thinking. It's a little bit of conspiracy time, but is there something that we don't know about Andrew Harris? Why Winnipeg let him walk though? Like has his past couple of years of injuries been a little bit more than they want to let on maybe? Maybe you might be right there. You know what I mean? Cause like, and it might just be a money thing. Cause I heard like this guy wants big dollars cause he's obviously been one of the top two or three backs in the league for a long, long time. But it just makes you wonder getting up there and age a bit more as far as running backs go for sure. And just, uh, you know what I mean? Like to leave his hometown team off of two great cups, you know what I mean? It almost seems like maybe that Winnipeg knows something we don't. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe he's going to bust off 1,200 yards, and I'll be like, well, that was a nice thought, but makes me wonder. Yeah. Can you name me the last 1,000-yard rusher in Toronto Argonauts history? Oh, oh boy. Um, is it somebody pretty obvious? Uh, I wouldn't say it's obvious, but we saw them play. Um, it wasn't like Chad Cackard or anything? No, it was 2016. It was Brandon Whitaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. Okay. The other big signing for the Toronto Argonauts was hurtful to a lot of Hamilton Tiger Cats fans. And that was the beloved Speedy B Brandon Banks heading down the highway to Toronto. This is one of them weird, like, um, this is the reverse of Chad Owens that in like 2015 or whatever it was, where he just like, yeah, I'll go to Hamilton. And you know, it like ripped the heart out of Toronto Argonaut fans. It's like the opposite of that, right? When it's the same type of guy, just getting a little bit too old, maybe asking for a little bit too much money. And then he just flip flopped it. Right. Yeah. It'll be weird though. Seeing him in all blue, especially on Labor Day. Right. It's going to be so weird. Yeah. It'll be weird. The other flip-flop between Hamilton and Toronto was defensive lineman Ja'Garrett Davis, which massively increases the Grey Cup odds of Toronto as Ja'Garrett Davis has never not made it to the Grey Cup in his career in the CFL. See, meaning those stats don't matter, but they do matter. (laughs) So, so like maybe just people weren't looking at the right stats when they saw Ja'Garrett Davis because Toronto might be going to the Grey Cup right now. We don't, we don't know. There's, we've seen with Ja'Garrett Davis, it doesn't guarantee you a win, but it guarantees you get there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just got to win that, one game. After that, it's up to you. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, the Another signing that, it, it made the news. It was, okay, here's another guy that's kind of well-known down south of the border. Quarterback Chad Kelly signs oh, yeah. with the Toronto Argonauts. Um, just- went to Ole Miss, was a big SEC guy. Comes up and in an interview says, I'm going to be the face of the CFL. I'm going to throw for 6,000 yards. I'm going to be the next Doug Flutie. Shut the fuck up, Chad. I wonder if that guy's watched. Okay, I'll. I have an over under for you. 
Okay. Has that guy watched over under five CFL games in his life? Under for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they were only because, what is he, Jim Kelly's son or grandson yeah. or nephew yeah, or I, I something like yeah. that? I don't know. Son, I think, or something, yeah. Yeah, but that's the only reason he's watched any CFL. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, buddy. Like, we've seen really good guys say the same thing, right? Like, it's a weird one to think of, especially as a Bengals fan. But, like, there was a hot minute where Chad Ochocinco was in the, the CFL, right? And I'm just like, man, if that guy isn't tearing the league up, why is Chad Kelly going to do it? It's like, get real. Oh, uh, yeah. Chad Kelly is not only not going to throw for 6,000 yards next season, he's probably not going to start a game. He might not even make the active roster for a single game next right? season. Like this year might be quarterback three or like the, <laughs> if they still really follow the COVID stuff, the COVID quarterback, like he's just going to sleep at a hotel for months. <laughs> <laughs> for real, dude. I forgot so much until it hit my mind that Chad Johnson played on the Alouettes, dude. Yeah. I'm so serious when I tell you. I'm going to look up and see if those shirts are available because that's unbelievable that that's real. I remember when he came up and he scored his first touchdown with the Owls. He went to do some celebration and kind of blanked and just walked up to the ref with his arms in the air and just hugged him and got yeah. the flag for it. I, I just looked it up, and there's the picture of him hugging the ref. And do I tell you not? Like, if they can see this, they can see this. If not, the ref is like... Just straight-faced. Loki, like, he's either like, I'm uncomfortable or I'm terrified. A little of both, unimpressed. I don't know what it is. But, like, I, you should legit... I, I'm going to send you the picture... And put it up as the episode clip for this. Gotcha. It, just because it is hilarious, this referee's face, man. He is wild. <laughs> Dude, Chad Johnson plays for the Alouettes. I forget that all the time. <laughs> oh. No. Oh, wokes. Oh. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to do an episode where we just look at remember when this guy came to the CFL? For real, dude. That'd be a great episode. That's that would wild. We will, we will bring you that episode this offseason at some point is remember when this guy came to the CFL. Yeah, this man was in the CFL. They're just like, all right. <laughs> but, okay, we will continue with our free agency coverage. Stay tuned to the socials to see this clip of the podcast with the picture of the referee. Ask Chad Ocho I'm literally sending it to you as we speak. I just clipped it. It's about perfect. Anyways, though, we'll we'll move on. We will move on to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who the biggest deal of their free agency was they made their decision at quarterback and they chose Dane Evans over um, Jeremiah Masoli. Right. As I was mentioning before, I think that's the best move you could do realistically, right? Because you knew what Mazzoli was. You knew what the fans thought of him. And, you know, everybody was behind Dane Evans all year. We want to see Dane Evans play. Let's give Dane Evans a chance. Dane Evans this, Dane Evans that. And they just went with it. And he's a great quarterback. Got them, helped them really get there to the Grey Cup. So I think that's probably the best choice, right? Yeah. Dane for sure would have played out, I think, that entire Grey Cup if he didn't get hurt there, which was just the epitome of, of Hamilton's season that, of course, they're going to have to play both quarterbacks in the Grey Cup. Um, yep. But now they've kind of cho- they've chosen their identity, and good. It's a good thing. If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. 
Right. Other than that, a bit of a quiet free agency for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Um, resigning DB Jamal Roll. That's a good, good resigning for them. Uh, their biggest additions uh, were uh, defensive back Alvin Darby, who initially agreed to terms with Ottawa and then a day later said, no, 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 I'm going to Hamilton instead. Um, and then uh, defensive tackle Micah Johnson as well. Micah Johnson, what a strange story that guy is. He's like elite, and then he like goes to Saskatchewan and it kind of isn't, and then he leaves and he's elite, and then he like goes back to Saskatchewan and he isn't again. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe just Saskatchewan wasn't a good fit for him, but yeah, he was never bad with Saskatchewan. He was never bad, but he wasn't the the freak defensive tackle we saw in Calgary. Yeah, where he was a defensive tackle who was racking up sacks like a defensive end. Right. He played the role of defensive tackle when he was in Saskatchewan. He had lots of tackles. He had uh, tackles for loss on run plays, and he was just stuffing that gap. And he was good, but he wasn't elite. Right. Which is, yeah. We'll see if he stays that way, which I assume probably that's where he is now in his career, but maybe he's can come back to form. But either way, a good, solid veteran who requires a double team a lot of the time, so it's a good sign. And that wraps up the East Division. If you had to pick right now, what, who do you think is winning the East? I was just going to ask you that question. So oh, good. Here we are. We're on, we're on the same wavelength. Then. I'm going to pick Toronto. Um, I think they did a lot of work last year, last offseason, bringing in key pieces and kind of trying to build that super team. Right. And surprisingly, when you – when you do build that super team, it only usually lasts for one year. And surprisingly, they were able to bring back a lot of guys plus add Andrew Harris. Um, I'm going to pick Toronto to win the East. See, this is one that's tough to think about. Cause like the only thing I'm, I'm not going to do again, cause I've done it. I tell you, I shit you not for the last five straight years. I've picked Hamilton to be the great cup team from, from the East. And I'm not going to do that this year. I think this year was kind of a breaking point because you even saw like Jeff Reinbold leave, who's like the longtime special teams coach. Right. And he saw a lot of guys jump ship. You know what I mean? I think this might kind of be the year that Hamilton just kind of is like, all right, maybe we're not the superpower. They'll probably, they'll make the playoffs. They're good, but they might be done. Um, I don't, I don't want to say it and be that, but like if Mazzoli can play, I almost want to say Ottawa might have a real shot of being, the team in the East this year. But like I said, a lot of that is look at my fancy new car. That's kind of what they are. They're that team. But with those players that they have, uh, it, it seems like they could go really far, right? They definitely aren't going to be a couple win team this year. They are no. definitely going to be, I mean, it's the East, so it's still tricky. You probably hover around that 500 mark, um, but that's always enough to get you to the playoffs in the East. Yeah. And yes, that wraps up the East Division. We will move on to the West, and we will start with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who decided to go with the younger running backs in Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine instead of future Hall of Famer Andrew Harris. Um, I really like. I mean, Oliveira is a pretty good back in his own yeah. right, 
and maybe even like there's even the thought of maybe having not having to scheme stuff around trying to get touches for Andrew Harris might even make that offense a little bit more dynamic, honestly, because they got the rest of those guys back outside of Harris and Darvin Adams, but that wasn't a receiving core that was in any sort of trouble anyways, right? They were stacked to go to anyways. So, I mean, that offense is still going to be really good. Yeah, for sure. This team brought back a lot of their starters, as you said earlier, like 98% of their starters, Mm -hmm. but there were, the ones they didn't were massive contributors to this yeah. team. Yeah. You've got Darvin Adams, you've got Andrew Harris, you've got Kenny Lawler, you've got Alden Darby. Those are huge names that you let go if you're a Winnipeg fan. Yeah. It almost makes me wonder too if, same thing we said about Andrew Harris, maybe they have guys that they really like who they're like, oh, we needed one year for this guy to not be a starter and he'll be ready. You know what I mean? Guys like that. Which, I mean, we've seen Winnipeg develop great talent, right? A lot of those yep. guys started in Winnipeg, so I wouldn't be surprised if they had guys waiting in the wings, right? Yep. And, of course, the huge signing by Winnipeg and about their only signing outside of their organization was wide receiver Greg Ellingson. Which is massive. Huge. Right? I mean, you can get rid of Kenny Lawler, and Ellingson's more than enough to handle that. Yeah. And he maybe he's not exactly the same weapon as Darvin Adams, but he certainly brings a lot of skills, a lot of veteran savvy to the table. So that's a big signing for a good team. Yeah, for sure. Of course, we are going to skip over Saskatchewan, save the best for last, um, and move to another team that did absolutely nothing in free agency <laughs> in the Calgary Stampeders. They extended their team, but – that was about it, except for a trade and sign with Toronto for linebacker Cam Judge, which Good. I it, it's great for Calgary, and I hate it so much because I love Cam Judge so much. I mean, it's business, right? I mean, I yeah. like them too, but when when he picked a sign with Toronto, I kind of was like, I I kind of was like, you know what, we're done. I'm done with them. So I now that he's Calgary, I'm just like, well, whatever. Get some gloves on or something. I don't know. <laughs> I, oh, and. Trust us, we will get into the Riders linebackers in a minute here. Oh, yeah, will we ever? Yeah, we <laughs> I mean, yeah, like Calgary, it's weird. Like I said, same thing as Montreal to kind of be the third place team in your division and just try to keep status quo. I'm sure they're hoping like, hey, we want Bo Levi to have a better year. We think he's back, right? They still got Kadeem Carey. They still got pretty much all those receivers. Um, their defense is, for the most part, unchanged a lot of it. Maybe they let go of a couple like veteran defensive backs, but they're pretty unchanged. Like we'll see how it goes. They must like who they have in house very much like Montreal, but we haven't known Dickinson and the Stampeders to be out for very long down and out and third place is about as down and out as they've been in the last 15 years. Right. So we'll see how that goes for them. I I feel like this year, again, it's going to be a three horse race in the West. It's going to be Winnipeg. It's going to be Saskatchewan. It's going to be Calgary. You're based on the quarterback situations in Edmonton and BC. I think you're basically going to land in third at the worst. So, right. Here's your playoff spot. Yeah. Um, so that's always good that you can kind of feel a little freer in the regular season. Cause you, you can't say, you know, you're going to be in a playoff spot, but you have a pretty good feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, moving is football, right? It's football. Yeah. It's a quarterback game. So even that you can 
hypothesize, put a hypothesis in how, how you think you're going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Moving on to the Edmonton Rough Rider. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just Chris whoa, Jones's whoa. team. Oh, oh, it's just Chris Jones rebuilding the 2017-2018 Riders. Oh, McKenna Henry, Toby Antigua, Ed Ganey, all heading to Edmonton. It's it's interesting because you, you, you never know. Because Chris Jones has rebuilt teams and he's rebuilt them so well. Yeah. Uh, even with these like these rough rider light players, but he, he obviously has something in mind that he likes them specifically for. And like we said, Ed Gainey's still a productive player. I'm sure Toby Antigua has more in his tank than he was let shown where he was last year. You know what I mean? Like they, it's weird that they don't have a quarterback. I mean, it's very Bill Belichick of him. Not obviously Tom Brady aside, just to be like, yeah, we'll worry about the quarterback later. Yeah strange but obviously he, he likes what he's doing and i mean they have some good players now i don't expect them to be nearly as bad as they were right they're going to be a good team but it almost feels like when you look at on paper this might be their it was his first year in saskatchewan where he's like all right this is the bad year we need to get through before yeah. we build up to my ultimate plan we have later right yeah exactly um uh, again a quiet free agency for Edmonton. Um, they do bring back Adam Konar to the Elks after spending two seasons in BC. So I'm sure Elks fans will be happy to see him back on the Elks note too. We'll get a little bit off the field and to the front office with that kind of new CEO and new management team there with the brilliant idea to do I think it was like a 72 hours. They sold season tickets for $99. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of looked at that like, Ooh, you're really sewering your price. Are you going to do anything here? And they set a single, the franchise record for ticket sales in a year or in a, in a single day on this past Monday. So. Yeah. When you, when you look at that, you're thinking like, what does that even balance out? But. We've seen a lot of Commonwealth Stadium that isn't full for a long time. And it's going to be a lot more full. Part of that's the prices. But if you take in all those extra seats that will be filled with this deal, all those people coming to games, buying food from your venue, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is all going to add up in the end. It is a good move by that that, that place. And, I mean, even just perception-wise, if your stadium sold out, whether or not it's because it was $99 for the 72 hours, doesn't matter. It's sold out, right? That helps. Yeah. Uh, it was the reason that the league suspended play in 2020. This is a butts in seat league. You need right. to have butts in the seat. You need to have people coming through the gate and whatever they're willing to pay is what you have to sell them tickets for. If it's $99, right. it's $99. Right. That's what you have to sell them for. So I say great job, Edmonton. That was amazing. Do it again every year. Absolutely. I live in Saskatchewan and I was like, $99. Maybe I should get elk season <laughs> tickets. Maybe I'll end up in Edmonton for a game next year. So even if you just go for like a couple games. Exactly. You probably made so you probably saved some money realistically, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Moving on to 
way out west, you have the BC Lions. Um, the biggest news for them was Michael Riley retiring, uh, which left them in a weird quarterback situation. I truly thought they were going to sign Trevor Harris. They said, nope, we're rolling with Nathan Rourke, which I, I we're both shaking our heads at that one. I don't know what's happening there. Um, but it did, the Michael Riley retirement left them a lot of cap room, which didn't seem like they did a lot with. They brought back um, lots of key starters. They bring back Brian Burnham at receiver, which is huge. Um, they bring uh, DB Delvin Bro out of retirement. So that's interesting to see. Yeah, right. Uh, Steven Richardson on the D-line from Winnipeg, too. That's a good signing for them. But this, of course, this team, though, like no matter what good moves they make and the good players they have, and like you said, if I if this guy turns under the next Calvillo, we're gonna both eat shit. But like yeah. Nathan Rourke is your starting quarterback. Like this dude's a this dude's an okay backup, and your whole receiving your whole like quarterback room is decent backups. Like what are you what are you doing? Yeah, the they signed two quarterbacks in free agency. And those were Canadian Michael O'Connor. So they've got Canadians at one and two, which is awesome to see, but they're backups. And they also bring in Isaac Harker, who has a, a special place in the hearts of Ryder fans, but he's a backup. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. They have three good backups on their team at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, we were joking. Like they might be the best quarterback room in the league. Just because they're all B plus B to B plus quarterbacks, yeah. but a lot of B isn't going to win you a lot of a lot of close games if you're playing quarterbacks who are A A minus A plus, right? And that's tough. It is tough, and that wraps up everyone except for our number one, our Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Let's start it off with. One of the biggest signings for the Riders right before free agency opens. Duke Williams is coming back to Saskatchewan. This Duke. Re- Duke. This receiving core is stacked. Yeah, like I was surprised that they – because we originally we talked about this. Like, oh, they're probably going to get Shaq or they're going to get Duke. No, they got both. They got both. They got both. <laughs> like, got- hey, man. Shaq is that guy down the sideline you kind of want. Duke's that catch it at the top, uh, contested catch receiver, right? Like yeah. they got, they have weapons in this past game. And we know Moss doesn't want to run the ball. So he's got his wish now. They're yeah. going to have a committee of backs, probably, or a kind of whatever backs. Maybe, maybe Morrow or whoever they get is going to be better than I think. But they've got this receiving core loaded up because still got Schaefer Baker to add along with yeah. those guys. Great Moore is just the yards after catch slot guy. Like they're stacked up for Fajardo to sling this thing around. It's going to be exciting to see. Um, The biggest highlight of free agency for, I'm sure you, of course, as a defensive guy. And I think for me too, is how amazing this linebacking core looks for Saskatchewan. Um, Starting off the day, bringing in, CFL leading tackler from 2021, Darnell Sankey from the Calgary Stampeders. 
huge. Nope. Amazing. Nope. Yeah, Didn't expect it personally, but I'm so happy about it. I'm excited about that one. Man. Look at that guy. That guy's all over the field. He's like, yeah, throwing up hundreds of tackles. <laughs> like, yeah, let's yeah. go, man. Bring him here. But I think the biggest one and the one that made all of Rider Nation so happy is the return of linebacker Derek Moncrief to Saskatchewan. I'm, oh, I'm gonna, yes. I'm going to be flat out with you. I forgot about him. I was thinking like, <laughs> I was thinking like, oh man, we got Sankey and we got Larry Dean. It was a good experienced middle linebacker. We got Micah Tights who played really good on the edge. No, we got, we have the boy Moncrief too, who can play Will or Sam linebacker and he's damn good at it. Like that, yeah, yeah that is sweet. I forgot about that. I'm excited about that. Yeah, if you don't know, um, Derek Moncrief was with the Riders um, for a couple seasons, yeah. uh, left after the 2019 season to head down south to sign with the Los Angeles Rams, uh, returned to the CFL midseason last year with the Elks, was a free agent after this, and re-signs with the Riders. Um, sounds like this is he's committed now. Uh, yeah. Heard an interview with him. Uh, after the signing and he just he said he was done he's done trying down south the cfl is where he's supposed to be saskatchewan's where he's supposed to be and we are happy to have him yeah he's he's really good he's he's like a guy that can play linebacker he's a guy that can almost play safety or uh kind of in in the in the box kind of like a, a defensive back spot right he's really he's he's versatile he's good yeah This, oh, this, I, I love this Riders team. The only question mark is still the offensive line. Right. I mean, that, that, that scares me, man. We just saw what the Bengals did with one of the best rosters in the league, but no offensive line. You can get yeah. far, dude, but you also get your quarterback killed and you won't be able to win the full thing, right? So that's scary. This is the year we need to go full out. Yeah. I think the big question mark, for the rest of the off season is can you get Brendan Labatt to play this season? Right. It seems weird that he wouldn't play this season with the great cup in Regina. This would be a great final season for him. Right. Finish it off, get win another one at home, call it in the sunset. Right. Good. Exactly. But we'll have to see. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a, like I said, it's a lot of physical, it's a physical toll. It's a big commitment. We don't know where his head's at, where his body's at. Right. But yeah, just for writing a, a good storybook ending, this is the time get your body right from that year off and one more year. But yeah, there was a lot of heat on Jeremy O'Day, the GM of the riders after and during this free agency run. I don't think it was deserved heat. I think we had the most free agents out of anyone in the league. And he brought back a good amount of those free agents. The only question mark still are the DBs in the offensive line. But even those don't look terrible. Said it's a little alarming to get rid of a guy like Luches Purifoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ed Gainey's good, but he's, he's quite a bit older than a lot of those guys. You kind of see that one. Um, yep. Hopefully we have a plan. Hopefully we have somebody developed as a defensive back. Cause I know we're getting, um, what's his first name? I know his brother's uh, 
Bo Lacombo. Uh, Lacombo, though, who is our first overall yeah. pick who got hurt before the year started, right? And he's going to be – he's a good defensive back. Yeah. So he'll probably have a starting spot. But I'm, I'm not terribly worried about the, the DBs. It's a little bit alarming, but I trust yeah. what we're doing. But, yeah, that offensive line is a big question mark. <laughs> and you, you, need, you need that, right? You need yeah. time for Duke and Shaq to get deep. You need those routes to develop, right? We we saw it last year, and it was the the offensive line was the one thing that flustered Cody Fajardo. Yeah, it was the one thing that made him have a down year. Um, right. Obviously, the receiver injuries played into that too, but the Riders weren't taking deep shots, no. and it was because there was no time to take deep shots. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if we can kind of bolster that offensive lineup. There still is the draft to come, which offensive line is really the one area in the CFL draft that you can pluck a guy who can start right now. Yeah. It's just like to see that list of receivers we have, even as a starting four, you know, Kyran, Duke, Shaq, Key, and Schaefer Baker. That's unbelievable. If you can get the ball to them and have the time to get it there. Right. Yeah. That wraps up. The West Division. I will ask it again, but who's winning the West, Dave? Um, it's uh, the Riders. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, <laughs> come on, man. Let's, let's let's draft the good starting lineman. Let's get Labat back, and then we're cooking with gas, right? You know what I mean? We're good. I think we're we're good. I think if we started the season exactly how we look right now and we played a healthy season, I don't I think we'll we'll have some challenges and we'll hit some down spots, but I don't see us not winning the West. Realistically, like there's a good shot we probably finish again second place. Yeah. And then beat Winnipeg this time and take it home, right? Yeah. Take the great cup at home. But I said I like our chances. I like the guys we signed. If we bolster up that offensive line just a bit more, it seems like this division is is ours to lose, right? Yeah. There is a list still of many free agents in this league, and there's some notable ones as well. Uh, let's run through a couple. We talked about him on our preview show, uh, linebacker Micah Alway. See, I like him so much, and everybody's just sleeping on him. I don't know. Yeah. I expect that's a guy that'll get signed since some of these guys they like in camp don't look so good. I expect him to get a job, but surprising, especially because I mean, just to me, cause I like him so much, but yeah, weird. Yeah. And a couple of needs for the riders right now. Um, one being DB. There's a few available still. Don, Unumba, Siante Evans, Jay Dearborn, Jamar wall, all still available. Yeah. That's weird. That, a guy like Unamba, who you know can play that Sam linebacker spot or defensive yeah. back spot. A guy like Siante Evans, who's been so reliable at a defensive back position that they're not picked up, right? Yeah. Uh, in the O-line department, um, Brett Boyko, who was with the Riders last season as a free agent still as well. He started quite a few games for the Riders last year. I think he only didn't start the first few games because I think he was injured. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of these guys who probably find work. It'll just be on a cheaper deal 
by training camp time, right? Yeah. And their last need of the riders is the running back position. Um, currently, uh, Jamal Morrow is the number one running back on the roster for the riders. Um, a couple of guys who have experience in the league, John White and Chris Rainey, both still available. Yeah, you can, if we needed John White, like that's an okay signing, right? Yeah. As a kind of a, a dual back, him and Morrow or him and whoever the front runners or backs are, that's an okay signing you can make later yeah. on. That about wraps up CFL free agency. It was great. You can say what you want about there being too many free agents. There definitely were. That can't happen every year. But yeah. once you actually get into free agency, it's pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. Any closing thoughts today, Dave? Um, A, Chad Johnson is on the LOS, LOL. Um, B, BC, you should get a quarter, different quarterback. And C, I forgot that the Riders were so stacked at linebacker. And I'm incredibly excited about that and our receivers being so good. Um, looks bright, man. Looks bright. I'm excited to see how it uh, shakes down on the field there. As am I. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Booth Podcast. Make sure to head over to our socials on Instagram and Twitter at the Booth EC. Check out we have on there right now our fundraising efforts for humanitarian efforts in Ukraine after the Russian attacks on the country. We have some t-shirts with our logo in the color of the Ukrainian flag. Uh, $3 from every purchase of the shirt will go to the Red Cross Ukraine humanitarian efforts. So yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Cause like I work today with a teacher at a school I'm at who's Ukrainian and her yeah. family's still in the Ukraine, right? You could see how deeply it affects people, right? And how scary all that stuff is, right? So yeah. it's a good cause, it's a good shirt, donate some money. Uh, and just, yeah, big, big thoughts, prayers, you know, yeah. you know, fight it off Ukraine. Yeah. We're, we're all, we're all hope, uh, rooting for you there. If you live in Saskatchewan, I'm I guarantee, you know, someone with Ukrainian heritage, it is Absolutely. a part of Saskatchewan and we are here to support the people of that country as they go through some awful times. Check out all the other uh, merch options we have over at the booth store as well. You can find that in the links of our Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for listening. Share, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. This has been the Booth Podcast. I have been Rich. He has been Dave. And we will see you next time on the Booth Podcast.